0: Welcome to another episode of Sports and Songs Podcast. We're your hosts, Dan and Andy. Today's July 11th, 2022. We're in season three, episode number 34. Andy, 34. Time flies. We have a special guest. Uh, we're going to be interviewing David Shama from Shama Sports Headliners today as part of the sports segment of the show. So, uh, so David, don't worry. We're not going to talk any music. We're not going to talk any concerts or tours. It's going to be sports only. Uh, David, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Politics Thank is you. my specialty, but maybe for another time. Politics. That's, that's <laughs> another show,
2: Dando's later on. Another show
1: for another time, David. But, but David's
0: what David has got is a, is a nice little carved out a nice niche of local sports in the Twin Cities, and it's probably the uh, probably the best at it as far as his contacts, his networks, and what he writes. And, and he's got a column called uh, Shama Sports Headliners, and David. Tell us a little bit about how how this all got started. How this all got started. You're really well, I was a, Minnesota-based sports, but on a national level,
1: right? Yeah. Well, I was a journalism major at the University of Minnesota and was sports editor of the Minnesota Daily uh, student newspaper. And way back uh, shortly after that, I had a chance actually to go with the St. Paul paper when I was sports editor of the St. Paul group of Sun newspapers. and. I was like a lot of people that are kind of starting out and wanted to try a lot of different things. And so I got out of the newspaper business for a while and uh, got into teaching and then segued into public relations and into sports marketing. But along the way, I often did uh, a certain amount of freelance writing. I used to have a column in the Skyway News. I did some stringing for the Minneapolis Star. And uh, for some magazines, uh, national as well as local, and I never really never really lost the uh, sports writing uh, bug. And uh, I always felt at some point I wanted to get back into it and the technology uh, you know, made it possible uh, back in 2006 to get into it and had built up a lot of contacts over the years from uh, my years in writing and in sports marketing and knew a lot of people and was able to, get off to a pretty fast start and it's been a pretty successful run.
0: Um, I had myself on mute, but it's basically technically a blog, but you're really writing a column. You're really putting a column or two or three out per week on sports. And uh, it's not video, it's not audio, it's (coughs) not a YouTube channel. It's just a basically a column in a blog format that you write that has a couple of topics each week, does it not?
1: Yeah, that's right, Dan. I, I go back and forth between uh, one subject in a column, like tomorrow I'm writing about Tony Oliva off of an interview that I did with Tony in regards to the Hall of Fame and his uh, talked to him quite a bit about his speech and how he felt about you know going into the hall. But then often, too, I'll write uh, a notes column that's just got tons of notes in it. I usually try to write it between about 16 and 22 paragraphs. And uh, when I write a notes column, you know, try to find something that's breaking news or close to it or, or is uh, topical. And right now, I'm usually writing twice a week, Sunday to Tuesday. You were just you were mentioning that it, you know it's not YouTube like, it's not video. For your listeners out there viewers out there, what, what it's really akin to is if they were to, you know, uh, log on to Pat Rice's column or Jim Suhan or Charlie Walters or any any of those guys, they'll see words and texts and, text and uh, hopefully they'll like what I do.
2: Did, did you find it, you write about all different topics. Did you at any point ever say going, you know what, I want to be just a Twins beat writer or just a... North stars or wild beat writer, or do you like doing a little of everything?
1: Well, I like doing a little bit of everything. I, I do, uh, cover some teams more than others. Uh, go for football has been a, a big topic for me. And that's where I think some of my best stuff has been. And I get a lot of feedback from uh, go for football and, um, the Vikings, I've spent quite a bit of time on the Vikings, the twins, Lesser so I would say on the, uh, on the Minnesota wild and uh, pretty, you know, pretty good on, on the Timberwolves uh, beat as well. So you know, I, I, like, I like to do them all. It's, um, it's a real assignment and challenge to try to come up with creative stuff because you know, I don't just you know, put news releases out there or try to copy what somebody else does. I, I give my own take or I have my own sources and I'm fortunate you know, to have contacts uh, and been able to make more since I've been doing this over the years. It's going to be 16 years now in August since I since I launched. So I, I'm not a fresh face on the block right now.
0: Yeah. Now, um, for 16 years, I've been doing this, just the blog. And it's nice because you don't have uh, someone assigning you a task of what to do, what to write about. You're your own boss. You're doing it. It's a really a one-man show. You're you're not working on someone giving you a task of what to write on or a topic for the following, the upcoming week. Uh, you, you get to pull whatever you want and do it. And a lot of your stuff too is, is somewhat breaking news. Uh, I've seen your column many times be the first to announce, you know, something, something that's uh, sports uh, noteworthy in, in local uh, sports.
1: Yeah. Well, that's true. And I appreciate that, Dan. Uh, I've, I've noticed a couple of times this year that somebody from the star tribune has picked up, something that i've written and and then done their own take on it or their own column so you know i i do try to be uh, different and uh, you know work hard at at coming up with things that people like one of the reasons that i that i continue to do this is because of the feedback that i get from uh, readers I, I get so many so many compliments on such a regular basis about people liking what i do and what what, uh, what they read And, you know, I kind of kid with friends and say, you know, I must have been really lousy at other things that I did in my career, because I've never gotten so many compliments on something, you know, in my life, in my marketing positions, and, you know, other things that I've done. So it is, it is rewarding that way. And uh, uh, the column, as you know, is advertiser supported. And so I, I do make some money on the advertising with it. But uh, you know, it, it's not a, it's not a huge payday. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not in the same league as the, as the people that I interview, far from that. And
0: you I do for you know love of the game,
1: huh? Yes. Do love the game, yeah. Yeah, he does it for yeah. the love
0: of the game because your, your column is free. There's no subscriber fee, David. You don't have to click um, subscribe uh, and, and pay a fee asking for your visa credit card for a monthly charge or click here for the first two paragraphs of your article and then pay the extra money for the premium subscriber to read the rest of it. Those are kind of things I personally hate when you read scroll through the article. Then you got to click that button to get the rest of it and subscribe and it drives me nuts. You don't have to deal with any of that because your content is free.
1: Yeah, I I do make a turnkey, Dan, and uh, all the stuff that I've written over the years is archived where people can go back and look at it. They can Put a name in like Joe Mauer, for instance, or Kirk Cousins and see what content there is. And uh, people uh, also find out about my uh, column, my latest post. I do have some email f- uh, folks on a database and I'm happy to add people uh, if they want to send me their email. There's a place on the column where you can, you can respond to me and, and uh, let me know of your interest.
0: I do see at the bottom of each article, David, uh, there is a room for comment and comments, and for people to ex- exchange, you know, thoughts on these things. Most of those, like you said, was people who write back to you personally and say, "Good job," or "I like the article." They're not leaving comments at the bottom of the article for people to uh, either agree or disagree with or get into some friendly banter. Do you do you wish to have more uh, folks commenting on the actual article itself, or do you like just a personal email touch? <clears throat>
1: Well, I like to get the feedback on whether it comes directly to my emails or whether they uh, post something, because it, it gives me a, uh, an idea as to what other people's thoughts are, what they're thinking. Uh, once in a while, I might get uh, called out for, for missing something with grammar, and some sometimes I might, I might possibly screw up a fact, but um, I, I do go over my stuff pretty thoroughly. I'll probably read through each column at least four times. And my wife, uh, who you know, Dan, has also got a good background in writing and English, and she usually takes a look at it. She's kind of outside the zone of you and I when it comes to sports, but when it comes to sentence structure and all that, she's pretty good. So yeah, I I like to hear from people.
0: Yeah, they're good, good. easy to read, quick to read columns. Um, They're not very... They're not too long. Uh, They provide what, what is needed in the article. Uh, It's quick and to the point and it's, it's easy to, uh, to read through those. I like, I enjoy them. And like I said earlier, it's really that for those, those thinking of following, it's the four main pro franchises in Minnesota. In addition to the Gophers, Gophers basketball, you cover a lot on, you also cover Gophers hockey, Gopher football. You're a big fan of that, but also there's wrestling uh, and things uh, the wrestling team baseball team as well from the gophers because you were a u of m uh gopher a- alumni also so that's that's what pulls in um tugs at your your heartstrings so to say
1: yeah yeah that that that's fair and you mentioned wrestling i had uh, gable stevenson on uh with a column here not too long ago so sometimes i do get into some other uh sports at the university and uh you know the column is uh sports headliners and i, I try to keep true to that by having you know names on that people recognize and that you know people are are most interested in and so we've been fortunate that way to get a lot of uh, a lot of good stories over the years.
0: Now tell us a little about your background with the Minnesota North Stars David. Uh, you were very active in that uh, with very close to that
1: franchise as well. Yeah you know I mentioned uh, way back when I kind of segued out of uh, sports writing for a while and I got into PR And my ambition way back in the day was to see the NBA return to Minneapolis, where the Lakers had, had been so prominent for years. And uh, kind of a funny story, um, you know, sometimes we all take sort of a, a flyer on things. And I can remember writing a letter, maybe in the late 60s, or early 70s, to the NBA commissioner. His name was Walter Kennedy. And I said, I'm inquiring about an NBA franchise from Minneapolis. And he wrote back and he thanked me. And this is the part that's funny is that he said, just be aware that the cost of an expansion franchise is $650,000. So you can see, you know, even, even Marv and Harv, they paid $32 million back in the late 80s. And I don't know what an expansion franchise would go for now, but it would be hundreds of millions of dollars. But the point of my story is that I was most interested in getting involved with bringing an NBA team back here and, and working for that team. And so I went into uh, uh, some things PR-wise that kind of established a name for myself. But sort of the irony was it uh, was that I ended up working for the uh, Met Center where the North Stars played. And first at the Met Center, I was director of marketing there and involved with helping them market all their uh, family shows, sports events, concerts, all those things they did other than the North Stars. And eventually I was able to uh, work my way up to director of marketing uh, for the hockey team. And it was a great job. I had a great boss. I uh, met so many interesting people, both locally and nationally. And uh, it was kind of my circus knock on wood which the circus also included uh ringling brothers barnum and bailey which was part of what i got a kick out of uh helping to promote that but yeah that was that was a great run for me and uh and that ended when when the gun brothers who owned the team george and gordon sold sold the team and uh new owners came in so that's that's my north stars background
0: now because you're Part of the press, uh, David, you get to wear around a press pad, uh, badge and, and go to these interviews and whatnot. Are you able to go in to the press boxes and, and, and chat and stick around for the post-game press conferences as well? Or do you have to schedule your own interviews with the players or do you just pull them aside after the game's over and get your own interview?
1: Well, I, I do have a, a press credential uh, and, and have been in attendance uh, with the four major sports and with the Gophers as well. Uh, the press business has changed a lot over the years it's much more corporate now than it used to be it used to be a long time ago you could go into the locker room and do a lot of individual interviews with people now, now a lot of the teams make it a group situation where they'll, they'll bring out players and they're at the disposal of all the press we some of us writers call it uh, you know group journalism and it can be kind of frustrating because you are getting the same information that everybody else is getting. I might be hearing the same information that that Joe Schmidt or all the TV stations are going to have or the Star Tribune you know writers have. And so that, that's an interesting way that the sports business uh, has evolved. But I think because of my credibility, even before I started my blog and hopefully the credibility of the way that it's written, I've been able to you know, usually be credential uh, for uh, events uh, with the teams when I want to go. Um, you know, and there's a lot, a lot to that, and so I kind of try to pick my spots judiciously, even for practice or for games. I, I usually go with a pretty clear idea in mind as to who I'd like to talk to and what I, you know, what I'd like to get out of it.
0: Well, the the twins are in first place right now. That's got to be uh, fun for a for a local and also the upcoming draft. The Major League Baseball draft usually was in June. Now it's held in July, and it kind of ties in with the All-Star events. Uh, the Twins have the number eight pick, I believe. Is that right?
1: Uh, I think so, Dan. I haven't looked much at the draft, so you you may have that uh, correct. Andy, do you have
0: – I think they're the eighth. And how about the Mets? Where are they at?
1: Mets, uh,
2: I do not know. I know they're working on getting a trade for- – Theirs is up in the air right now because they're trying to get pitching
0: so bad. I see. So they're dangling out there. Yeah, be, and because the Twins so finished – today could be different tomorrow. The Twins finished so poorly last year that I think it's their – I think they're in the 7, 8, 9 category for this year in the first-round pick. And, they, you know, they go 40 rounds deep, but they're going to try to make that into in, – combine it with the All-Star Weekend, the home run hitting contest, and all the events that are going on uh, along with that. But how do you like the Twins so far, David, this year? first place well
1: team. yeah I mean that that's the positive uh, is that uh, they've been in first place for most of the year and uh, I don't think they've lost more than three games in a row maybe more than once or twice and uh, you know they've this uh, starting pitching has been surprisingly good and I think you know generally the, the players they have in the field are are pretty impressive they really tightened up the defense when they got Correa and you know, teams being strong up the middle is, is so important. And so that's a real plus for them. And when Buxton can play, he's a game changer. And yeah, he really makes a difference. Um, it, it's kind of interesting. There's a lot of whining going on among Twins fans about the team. And I think they're a little frustrated that, um, that Taylor Rogers is in San Diego and that particularly the bullpen is uh, – is, is really struggled. And it's, it's kind of scary when you, you know, bring Tyler Duffy in to close out the game, like they did, uh, you know, yesterday. So uh, I think the speculation is that Derek Falvey and Thad Levine will try to swing a a couple of trades for relievers as we get closer to the uh, trade deadline. And that could, that could really make a difference, but they're, um, you know, they're, I think most people would say who know what they're talking about, that they're in the easiest division in baseball. And so, you know, they're, they're capitalizing on that. And uh, hopefully, you know, they're going to get to the postseason and break that awful jinx of 0-18, uh, and 18, which is part of why I think Twins fans are a little bit skeptical uh, almost no matter uh, what they do. But uh, it's a good story, and uh, hopefully they're going to draw well here. As they go down the stretch, you know, coming out of COVID, I think that was difficult, and some people are trying to get comfortable with going back downtown. And uh, I was I was down at a, at a game here, and I noticed that uh, they had the Hennepin County sheriffs there, and at least one of them had a good sized rifle with them. So I think they're they're trying they're trying to set an environment where where, where people feel comfortable, but. Overall, you know, Dan, you're, you're right, and Andy, they, uh, they're exceeding expectations. You know, The White Sox were considered the class of the division, and you know, right now they're, what, four and a half games up on them. So it, it's a good
2: story. Well, that's what's so surprising with the division. Cleveland was supposed to be decent, at least anyway, this year. Chicago was supposed to be all of it, and here we're the only team above 500. Um, you talk about the Twins pitching. Um, like Dan said, I'm a big Mets fan, so I'm the Mets, Mets guru. A couple of years ago, the trade was turned down. It was supposed to be Buxton for Syndergaard straight up. So kind of glad that didn't go through on both ends. It's yeah, games.
1: yeah I, I remember that, Andy. You're, you're right. And, uh, yeah, they're, um, you know, they've got like 14 games remaining with the White Sox and the Guardians each. So it's going to be some interesting series and some interesting baseball uh, coming up. I think one thing about the draft is you can, you can watch and see uh, where the twins are going as far as, uh, you know, trying to get pitching help that will stabilize them in the years to come. They've, they've told me in interviews, Dave St. Peter, the president, that they're, they're pretty, they're pretty glued to developing, you know, starting pitchers, uh, you know, through the farm system. And everybody's looking for these guys now that, can throw 100 miles an hour so you know you'd look for that and you look for power right I mean that's that's the name of the game right now is basically hitting the ball out of the ballpark but uh, you know we haven't talked about individuals but they've got some great stories there, are starting with uh, Arise and uh, Duran the pitcher he's a rookie pitcher and uh, you know he's had injuries in the past and you know where would this bullpen be without him so yeah, they're 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 fun to watch and follow.
2: You look at the X twins are in the All Star game, coming up with CJ Crone made a reserves for All Star and could have been one of us still. But you well, know, so it's nice to see the guys that we've traded away have gone and had good careers too. Still, so. yeah. But you say about the Guardians, the Guardians still have like half dozen games they got to make up from rainouts and weather early in the year too. So that's yeah. going to affect the division.
1: Yeah, they, they've been behind the Twins a number of games played here for some time, and that may catch up to them, and I think some people feel like the White Sox are more of a team to watch and that the Twins are going to have to uh, put out of their misery, so to speak, sometime because uh, I think the view is maybe the Guardians overachieved a little bit earlier and you know, got on a hot streak, so I think, I think the White Sox will be you know, really interesting to watch, and if, if they flop, I think they might be looking for a new manager.
0: <laughs> now Andy you and I have often said that the real only real trick to win the American League Central year after year is really play 500 balls. all you need to do and at one point during the season string together a 10 game winning streak that'll put you at 91 wins you're going to be in the hunt it's all, all you really need to do do you agree with that David or is that not too far fetched from when it comes to American League Central Baseball
1: well, I think that's that's good logic. I hadn't heard that theory before, but uh, yeah, I'll go along with that. Put a little DS by your initials.
0: <laughs> now, my last question I've got, and maybe Andy's got some, but you have a any good a good story of a big name manager or a or an owner or a or a top level athlete that you can uh, tell us about that you had a personal run in with uh, in a good way or a bad way. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I I got a lot of stories I I could tell. One of my columns that really drew a lot of attention, I think not only locally, the Star Tribune picked it up, and Dan Barrero talked about it on his show, I think nationally. Um, I had a pretty good relationship with Joe Maurer's grandfather, Jake Maurer. And anybody that knew Jake, and a lot of people did, because he used to do that handicap sheet out at Canterbury Park. And he'd give the ladies a big hug when they came by. He, he had a smile and he was always, he was always promoting that, uh, that, that, that card of his, but uh, Joe was off to a bad start. I think it was in 2014. And I had a headline and a story that said something to the effect of uh, Maurer's grandpa doesn't blame booing fans. And it went on to say that, that uh, Jake went on to say that he, he understood why the fans were booing and you know, the $23 million guy and that Joe was, Joe was at a loss as to why he was not right he? I think he was hitting like two fifty at the time and had been battling an injury. So that was a story that, that, uh, you know, got, got a lot of following. I, uh, go ahead. No, finish. finish the story, please. Well, um, yeah, that was, that was one that, that certainly got a lot of attention. Um, I wrote a piece on Bud Grant a few years ago where he had been up hunting in 2015 <clears throat> and he was in a private plane and the, the pilot uh, pushed a button for the landing gear and the light went on indicating that it was fine, but when they touched down the landing gear hadn't engaged and they were sliding along the belly of the plane on the landing strip up, up in Canada. And fortunately they were able to to, uh, get out without any injuries, but that was a story that hadn't been told and kind of a fun one for me to pick up and use. I, you know, you ask about people, um, Sid Hartman was kind of a rival of mine and Sid had known me way back in the day and he didn't understand the internet very well. And in 2006, he was on the sports show if you guys remember that yes. show with mike max yep and a dark star was on there those guys yep and and so sit at one point during the show he turns to rice your dark dark star like it was a big scoop and he says dave shama is on the internet you know as if it was a major major threat to <laughs> the star tribune and to him and uh he was he was just a character um if you knew Sid, he didn't have a lot of dexterity with his hands. He he probably had to have somebody at his house fix a light bulb for him. And I remember I remember uh, one time he and I were uh, the first ones at a Viking news conference. And he was sitting a couple of uh, seats away from me. And I was just kind of looking straight ahead and minding my own business. And all of a sudden I get this nudge and he hands me this, this mini bag of potato chips and he says here open these for me will you <laughs> so he, he, he wasn't even able to open a bag of uh, potato chips oh, Sid. so Sid
0: That's was
1: sad. Sid was just a, an immense character and he gave me a really hard time about my column because he understood that it was competition for him and uh, one time I was at a timberwolves game and he I was talking to the sports editor of the paper. And I, Sid was a little paranoid, and I think he thought that we were cooking up a deal where I was going to write for the Star Tribune. So Sid says, "Hire, hire the son of a gun!" He kind of yells out <laughs> at the sports at the sports editor and, and walks away. But um, well, the,
2: the question I had for you is that you, you mentioned Sid earlier and your contacts. Sid always had his close personal friends, you know, Bobby Knight and uh, guys from other teams besides the local. Is there ever a player where you've got the relationship here, but he's moved on, but you've still written a story about them as they're, they're on a new team, like when Garnett went to Boston maybe or something like that? you ever written about players from here after they've moved on?
1: Um, you know, I, occasionally, I guess, I, I can't think of a good, good example. Kevin Love would be another one that, you know, that comes to mind. Um, you know, I've certainly kept track of Adrian Peterson, and I've, I've tried to do at least notes on him. But, you know, for the most part, I stay with uh, current uh, people because I just think that's kind of newsier usually. And a lot of these guys, it's it, it's hard to be in anything other than a, a business, you know, situation with them. You know, somebody like Oliva, who I mentioned earlier, he's a fantastic guy, just a fantastic human being. And in fact, Dan, you'll remember when uh, he helped you out a little bit with instruction on your on your batting stroke. Remember that?
0: Yes, that was, uh, I think in 2005 or 2006, I got a one-hour batting lesson with Tony Oliva. And Dave, David helped me out. Uh, yeah, that. And, and that was good. I was going down to a tournament in Florida, and uh, I was able to have the, the, rare, uh, the rare quote to say, yeah, I've I worked out with Tony Oliva before on a one-hour batting cage session. So David uh, helped me get you know? that uh, years ago.
1: And, and I, I bring that up as an example of uh, what kind of a guy he is, what kind of a person he is. And, uh, you know, when I interviewed him last week, I've seen him over the years uh, frequently at, at the driving range. Okay. And we started, started to talk about that. And, you know, instead of trying to give me grief about my golf game or my swing, he, he just gave me a compliment. He said, you, you hit the ball really straight. To which I added, you know, but not very far. But I mean, that's that's the kind of kind of person he is, you know, saying nice things to people, doing nice things for people. And I know when he gives his Hall of Fame speech on the 24th of uh, July, he's going to go out of his way to really, you know, praise the fans here and talk about how much they, uh, you know, mean to him. You now he's he's been here. He was with the Twins his entire life entire career and then he was a hitting instructor for them and a coach and he's a color analyst on on the spanish language um you know uh, radio broadcast for the twins so you know he really thinks of himself as a as a minnesotan and and he he really is he's got that that warm smile and uh, a a great guy
2: that's one guy i've never heard a bad thing said about him ever no
0: you, you just don't you don't hear about it and david you know, after that batting lesson, I went down to Fort Myers for this tournament and the twins management and staff was down there at the time. And, and he gave me a call and says, when are you guys, when are you going to be playing Uh, in between meetings? They may have a a chance to stop down and watch one of your games down at the tournament. That's the, that's the type of guy Oliva is. Uh, And, and he wasn't able to get down there, but he had my name in the contact list and and said, throw me out a couple of dates that you're playing on some games I'm going to be right there at the complex i'll come down and and, and watch you guys so that's yeah how he is that's the type of guy that he is and, and that,
1: that that's a great story dan and i forgot that you did tell me that but that even just adds to the story that, that i just told he told me that you know in his speech that he doesn't intend to say much about him you know he wants to talk about other people Well, so, I'm, but, he, yeah
0: a guy very selfless but uh I remember when the call came on my cell phone, I showed it to the, to my wife and it said, Tony Oliva, calling in. And said, no, no, I can't be. And it was, and certainly enough, it was. But that's, that's how personal these guys are. David, you're the same way. And the contacts that you have, too, are very easy to get a, get a hold of, uh, shoot an email, too. How can fans get a hold of your uh, your column, David?
1: Well, they can go to sh- shamasportsheadliners.com, S-H-A-M-A, sportsheadliners.com. Well, if you just, uh, if you can't remember that, just Google David Shama Sports, S-H-A-M-A.
0: And then also on, uh, you've got a presence on Facebook as well. Twitter. Twitter. Twitter as well. But it's very good stuff. It's all local. It's Minnesota based and it's leading edge information. Uh, if it's not firsthand, it's sec- it's it's newsworthy types of information. It's usually people that you've talked to or discussed things with uh, in the past as well. But uh, I enjoy reading your column. You've done some very good work, David.
1: Well, thank, you. I, I yeah, thank you i appreciate it
0: andy Damn. And, yeah. and andy's you know reading it now too and we push yep. um, several links that uh, when you do your articles uh, david that have been relating to the things that we follow we follow things like usfl football and pro wrestling and and minnesota nascar Lakers. nascar we kind of cover a full range but when people want to do a full deep dive onto something local uh, your interviews with kirk cousins and things like that uh, uh are where we we usually send links uh, on our pages uh to, to push yeah. you oh. up your stuff so thanks again for your work uh any other questions andy on your end no i just want to thank
2: david for his time taking time out today and talking to us um Kai kind of you said you did it for love that that's kind of what we're doing here with the uh the video end of it we're kind of carrying that on we this is not a money maker we're just doing this for love of the love of the sport too and it's inspirations like yours that make us carry
1: on yeah. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I enjoyed it a lot. And uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon, Dan, and, and, and good to make the connection with you, Andy.
2: Thank you very much. Nice to meet you.
1: All right. Thanks again, David. Uh, that's all we've got for today. We're in season
0: three. Once again, episode number 34. Please leave your comments and, uh, and questions, uh, perhaps for David, uh, in the comments section of this video, and feel free to share it as well. That's all we've got time for today. Thanks, everyone. Yep. yep. See you now. See you.